Hello, and welcome to the Screenager Podcast. I'm your host, Jack McDermott, and director of the new release, Johnny Wick, Chapter 2. And with me is my co-host... Ethan gomez Only. Sorry for missing out on last week's episode. We didn't miss you. But, you know... Who I know you guys miss me. I just... Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. We are joined today by a very, very, very special guest. The one, the only, the artist, the actress, the stunt person. She does it all. Anna Toledo. Say hi, Anna. Hi, everybody. Do you want to say hi to your mom? Tell hi, mom. <laughs> I miss you. Okay, yeah. We got... <laughs> We got a big episode today. We're talking about the first award season nominations. Kanye West made a movie? What? Watchmen. Or we're going to be reviewing Watchmen, The Laundromat, Jojo Rabbit. We're going to have a full discussion about The Lighthouse, including a spoiler and non-spoiler section. Mm-hmm. And the Breaking Bad movie. We didn't talk about it last week because somebody was gone. I'm now sorry about that. we can talk about it. We'll be doing the same thing for that. We'll have a non-spoiler and spoiler section. Mm-hmm. And then, what y'all really want to hear, I know, we're going to talk all about the making of Johnny Wick Chapter 2. It's out now on Amazon Prime. People have seen it. We're going to talk about everything from the beginning to the release to just all of it. And then we're going to recommend some spooky movies to... Make your Halloween spooky. It is October after all. It's spooktober. Okay, let's get into it. Because we have a packed episode. So, for those of you who don't know, I think it was Tuesday. Um, no, it was Thursday. The Gotham Award nominations came out. Um, they're like, they're a lot like the Independent Spirit Award nominations. They're like a independent movie award show. Mm -hmm. Um... And then there were four movies that got the most nominations. I have not seen these nominations, so, so I'm pretty surprised. So. I have. Um, so the four <laughs> movies that led with the most nominations were Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story, The Farewell, Uncut Gems, and my boy Joe Talbot's The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty awesome. You guys have seen some of these movies, I hope. What stands out to you just from hearing those four movies? Uh, I have not seen Marriage Story yet. <gasps> it hasn't released on Netflix yet. I've seen it. Um, and I haven't seen Uncut Gems, obviously. Um, but I've seen The Farewell and Last Black Man in San Francisco, and I think those both of those movies were very well deserving. Mm. Of Do you think there's too much of an A24 bias in those? I mean, they... Are you know that that's a lot of A twenty four movies. So it is well. It is an independent like award ceremony, and A twenty four is just known for the indie films. Yeah, they are the best. They are They're capitalizing the... on the indie film industry, mm-hmm. so it would make sense why so many of them would be there. Yeah, that makes sense. So then, if we look at their best feature nominations, there were five: The Farewell, Uncut Gems, Marriage Story, Waves. And Hustlers. Hustlers. Woo! What stands out here to you guys? Uh, Hustlers, um, it's very different from... It's a more mainstream movie compared to the other four. And you yeah, say this because you saw it, right? I have not seen Hustlers. I have seen Hustlers, and I have to say I was actually kind of blindsided by how good it was. The I don't think the trailer did as much justice as Hustlers does um, actually deserve, and I, I'm happy that it's... 
up and running for Best Future. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm not really sure when the award show is, but yeah, that's a really good lineup of movies from the ones that I've seen, at least. Yeah. Like, Uncut Gems. Do you guys think that the Uncut Gems, it's like a circumcision thing? Because like, mm-hmm. it's like uncut. I have no clue. And like, it, it's about like, a Jewish guy. So oh, there's like... Right. Yeah, it's the Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't I, think it's about circumcision. I feel like it might be because like <laughs> no some stuff I've heard about maybe maybe I, I feel like it could be a pun. I'm just saying. If it was, very it'd be a for very uncut well gems. hidden pun. But it's like <laughs> it's like what else do you call uncut? Like well, uncut gems. Like it's just talking about wealth that hasn't really been portrayed yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you if, guys think if that it was if it was a Jewish joke, it would be cut gems. <laughs> That's true, or maybe, who knows? You know, you moving on. Any of these movies nominated for Best Feature have Oscar potential, or do you think this will be where they peak? I um, think Constance Wu would might have a chance with Hustlers. I disagree. I think if anyone's getting a nomination for Hustlers, it is Jennifer Lopez. She does do a very good job in the movie, and she puts so much work and dedication to portray the part accurately. Mm-hmm. The amount of training she had to do, and just all the physical work when it came just to learn how to do so many, like all the tricks and on the pole and everything to look like she's been a stripper for years is pretty fantastic. And I mean, it's J Lo. Yeah, everybody likes J Lo. Um. I think Marriage Story has a lot of potential. I haven't seen it yet, I, but just hearing the buzz I around agree. it. Like, I agree. Having seen Marriage Story, I think that could be a big Oscar contender. I also would not rule out The Farewell. Yeah. I the think Farewell there could too. be like, some if awards they, for that. If they you know, push for a pretty big campaign, I feel like I mean, they will, like, just I'm, because it's an you know, earlier release in the year. I mean, so. like, I'm not, I haven't seen The Farewell yet because I'm kind of scared to, because I feel like I'm going to be sobbing the entire time. Probably. Probably, but from what I've heard about it, it looks very well done, and definitely for a movie that emotionally driven, you're going to have to have actors and actresses that can pull it off properly. Yeah, and I think acting could be where it gets nominations. For sure. Like, Aquafina's great in it, the mm-hmm. woman who plays the grandmother really great like yeah i think there's something there but a24 has not held any award screenings yet at least none that i was invited to so <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no they like their award website's a whole different thing but that's another story now we got the oop of the week oopsie oopsie of the doopsie week. <laughs> not calling it the oop of the week it's the oop of the week it's, it's the iconic of the week. okay well you guys can just Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, the oop or oopsie of the week is the Kanye West movie Jesus is King. The movie. The Not movie. to be confused with his album. I Jesus didn't even is King. know there was a Kanye West movie until we started filming. Well, it is in <laughs> IMAX theaters now wow. nationwide. Sounds like it's is, worth my time. Is I think it's only this weekend. Uh, I think it's, like, this week, but, yeah, okay. like, one week only. Yeah. Um, the reason it's the oopsie of the week is that... So, can you talk about, like, what the movie is okay. first, or, like, what you know about it? I don't know too much about it. All I know is that um, it's supposed to be... It's, like, a like a religious documentary of sorts. I think that's what I've heard, yeah. That's, that's a bit, like, I've heard many different um, things about it, but that's the best way of putting it. 
I feel. But the reason we're calling it the Oopsie of the Week is because, first off, it's only an IMAX. So you're paying about $20 for a ticket to see it. And mm-hmm. it's only 31 minutes long. 31 minutes. That's, that's like... Not worth my time. That's as long as like one episode of Fleabag, which y'all should be watching. Or, um, or any half-hour TV show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's not... It really does not sound like it's worth the $20 because that's... Oh, mm-hmm. It's like $1 for every two minutes of footage. Exactly. Basically. No, no, it's like... Almost there. No, it's like more than that, right? It's like no, $1 no. for every one because it's like 30 minutes, right? It's 30 minutes and it's $20. That's so it's like $1 for every one and a half minutes of footage. Sounds about right. We're both in calculus. Calculus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a scam. Like, it is a scam. Right? It is don't, a scam. Don't spend $20 that's to just, see 30 minutes of footage. Unless like, you're really into like gospels. Like, maybe this is your favorite movie ever, and you love Kanye so, so much. From what I've heard, Kanye is, like, barely featured in okay, the movie. Okay, but maybe you're so. just a big fan of Gospels. Uh, maybe, just, you know that, like, too. You know, see what you want, but this is what my thoughts are on yeah. the subject matter. It just sounds like they're using his clout and trying to make it as artsy as possible, that people are going to think they're woke for watching it and enjoying it because it's only half an hour and it's Kanye West. They're just profiting off of his fan base and the ability and the, and like the group of people that always think that they're better than everyone else for liking super artsy films. And they think they can pull this off by making you spend $20 on a half hour film when in reality, it's not at all worth it. As somebody who likes super artsy films, (laughs) um, I would not, count this as a super artsy film i would call this just a cash grab done by kanye because he's yes. releasing an album and wants more publicity oh no i completely agree this is a complete cash grab i think but the it's, core audience yeah. that they're targeting to attempt to get it is his fan base and yeah. also the super artsy fartsy people that i don't think artsy fartsy people it. listen to kanye west no but they might see like ooh, a half hour film of just like super weird edited footage i think they're gonna well also there's the whole religious aspect to this where like it's called jesus Mm -hmm. is king so that's like already really limiting your demographic i feel like yeah like i don't really want to see a movie about jesus even if it is 30 minutes (laughs) (laughs) like none of us here are religious so like you know i mean i celebrate christmas so you know (laughs) that's kind of even if you're not religious you celebrate christmas but i i (laughs) I grew up and I am growing up in a, some religious family, some very religious family, and this is not targeting a religious group. Um, my family's Catholic mm-hmm. and Christian. This is not targeting the, that demographic whatsoever. So what demographic is this movie targeting? Kanye West fans. Yeah, pretty much. Just Kanye West fans? Yep. I think it'd either be that or a small group of artsy it's people. Not artsy people. It. It's not artsy That's people. It's not artsy people. That's the kind of thing that artsy groups of people fall for. I, I could say that. I'm artsy, an artsy people person. are smart. I'm, no, artsy people are not smart. all the time. Have you seen some of the art that gets sold? People will paint scribbles on a piece of paper sell it for $4.5 million. Okay, but that's like, that's rich artsy people. Like, are they gonna go to a theater to spend like 20 bucks on a movie? Like, I mean, I guess- mm-hmm. If they say it's prime movie, this is above and beyond people everything People aren't else. saying great things about it, like. Because clearly it failed, it's a cash grab. Yeah. Well, we'll find out how much money you made pretty <laughs> yeah, soon. We'll come back next week with a box office report. That's going to be fun. Very oh, exciting. It's going to be like $2. All right. Moving on to the new release 
yeah. review section of it. So many releases that we have to talk about. Mm -hmm. What should we start with, you doggy? Um, let's start off with the premiere of the HBO show Watchmen. Wait, that's not a movie. It's a TV show, but it's an HBO show, and it's it's got a very high. It's got an almost movie budget. No, it doesn't. So I. Okay. How? What, what did you? What did you both of you think of the premiere? Um, I thought it was horrible. Um, I really For context. didn't like that it was on HBO, so I couldn't watch it because <laughs> I don't spend that kind of money on streaming services. Neither of them watched the premiere. I I watched the premiere, however, and Ooh. I won't I won't get into spoilers at all. Um, it's uh, because it is a sequel to the you know Alan Moore uh, comic from nineteen eighty something, which I have read, but. Um, this this TV show like it stands on its own, like you guys are both just going on your phones. I'm checking. I'm checking when Watchmen was being released. Yeah, 1986. 1986. Yeah. Um, but the show stands on its own. Like if you haven't read the source material, the original comic, you can watch this show. But but isn't if, it a sequel? It is a sequel, but it kind of stands on its own. It doesn't. It's like a second part. It's like a continuation of it. The story, or is it more like it's more on its own? Okay, like it, there are references to the like characters mm -hmm. in the comic book, but like it, you don't need to read the comic book. It does give you like a different, like a different perspective. I feel like I was watching the premiere of my parents, and um, there there were like a bunch of references that are very uh, noticeable, like. You know, they're obviously, like, poking, you know, talking about superheroes, and they're, like, my parents are like, oh, who are these people? Mm -hmm. And, like, well, I was, like, explaining to them, but, like, at the same time, for the plot, you don't need to know who they are. So that's okay. The premiere itself, other than relating to the source material, I thought it was pretty well done. Like, the opening scene of it is, like, mesmerizing. It's super intense and, frankly, hard to watch. What makes it mesmerizing? Is it the... Camera is it? Just I think like, it's the violence that it, you got to see, the racially it, motivated violence. It's um, there's some very intense violence at the start, and um, yeah, the cast was really good. I um, I couldn't name anyone off the top of my head. Regina King. Regina, there you go. Um, Oscar nominated Beale Street Guitar. Did she win? Yeah, she won. She won. Did she win? Yeah, she definitely did. Okay, well, she's... Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk, so good, so good, done by Mary Jenkins. She's well, very let's good, talk about that. <laughs> she's very good. Um, I will probably, I'll tune into the next episode. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, I would recommend reading the comic book beforehand if you or want Or watching like, the movie. The movie's so good. I personally I've did not... i the director's cut's good, I haven't seen it. Personally, I haven't... I, I don't really enjoy the movie that much. Even the director's cut? I didn't see the director's cut. I heard the director's cut's good. I don't think the director's cut can say what happened yeah. to that train wreck of a movie, I'm not going to lie. I think y'all should Person watch it. Personally, I, am, not seen it. I have not seen the premiere because one, it's HBO and mm -hmm. um, your girl's broke. And number two is because I just love the comic so much, it kind of scares me after the movie That's... for show for a show that we made because I love the comic so much. It... I think it's one of the first like and best superhero takes that were a lot more darker and a lot more mature and i really really enjoyed reading that so when i heard that there was a show coming out 
just kind of gave me flashbacks about the movie. Yeah. So I was worried about that, but I am glad that it is sounding good so far. Yeah, it stands on its own. But like, you know, if you want to like understand the references and backstory to some stuff, maybe check out the source material if you want. But I'd recommend watching it. Mm-hmm. So moving on. No, not moving, moving on. on. No, not moving on. Okay, so I just want to connect this to another superhero TV show that's sort of a similar vibe. The Boys. Ooh, what a good show. Yeah. Um, so for our loyal listeners, you might remember on the first episode of this podcast, I made a bet with Ethan here that he would watch The Boys, and if he liked it, then he owes me $5. But if he didn't, he doesn't owe me $5. Or no, I owe him $5. <laughs> so, Well, no, he's just going to say he doesn't like it. Did you watch The Boys? I did not watch The Boys. Bruh. Oh, well. Anna, did you watch The Boys? <laughs> I have watched The Boys. Whoa. And I'm actually on the last episode. I'm going to go home and watch that tonight. Because it's so um, good, right? I have to say, speaking on how earlier I had just stated, I love the darker appeal of superheroes. I grew up like reading old comics from like the 80s and 70s, you know, reading all like X-Men is by far my favorite. And just having these more mature and adult takes on superheroes and like what they would realistically actually be like not just people running around in spandex saving the world like obviously there would be flash like flashback to it um that's why the boys really appealed to me more than i expected it's extremely dark very gritty pretty funny very funny very good dark humor subtle humor um super violent um it's perfect. It's, it's so everything good. Ethan likes, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, I think it's a really good realistic and humorous take on what how would actually happen if there were superheroes. Obviously, massive capitalization and corporations would take advantage of them and completely license them out, franchise mm -hmm. them, and that would be everywhere. It's kind of exactly. like sports teams nowadays. Yeah. And it's a really good take on what capitalism and the 1% has done to our society and how celebrities actually treat the public. Um, and I think it has a really good and strong message to portray to all of their audience. And I genuinely think that Ethan would like it. Bet aside, <laughs> you should just watch it. I it's only eight episodes. Yeah, I don't know. I've just I've, watch it. I've started <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> it's so I've good. started other TV shows. So. Well, you like know, what? you can just Peaky binge it. No. Watch the boys. You're like, whoa, Jack, this is the best show ever. Oh my god. It's it's genuinely a solid show, and okay. I'm not just saying that I'll check to it out. mess with you. Moving on. <laughs> Five new releases. Yes, another new release that came on Netflix last week is the new Steven Soderbergh film, The Laundromat. Ethan, what did you think of The Laundromat? Uh I'm sorry, I did not have a chance. To oh, you don't have Netflix, it? so you can watch it. I, <laughs> I have, I have Netflix. I just didn't have an opportunity to tune in. You didn't have an hour and a half where you could have watched this masterpiece of a movie. I was busy doing just other kidding, stuff. It's not a masterpiece. Y'all better hear my review because neither Ethan nor Anna has seen it. But I, not. I saw it and go crazy. This movie is something. Um, so it is the story of, it's hard to describe, it's like about the whole Panama Papers thing with like rich people hiding their money and fake companies and stuff. It's, it's like some smart people stuff that I, I'm not an expert on, like maybe my mom would know this, 
Shout to you, Mom. I know you're listening. Wait, what's, what's it about? Um, basically, there were these two Jews. One of them's German, one of them's something. Um, something. Played by Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas. And, um, by the way, Gary Oldman's German accent in this is so funny. Like, I was just dying listening to him. But basically, they're like, I, I don't understand it. But they're doing, like fraud and like making fake companies to get their clients money and like they have like this whole empire of fake companies doing so this stuff. So it's just money laundering. Kinda, but like no, like I'm not really sure what they're doing, I'm gonna be real. <laughs> it's complicated. Like Steven Soderbergh tries his best to dumb it down. It starts with this really cool sequence talking about the history and like evolution of money, which I was like, whoa, like this is very interesting. And but the, like, emotional crux of the story is Meryl Streep's character. Yes, Meryl Streep. I said I Meryl Streep. I love her. Me too. And this is a very different kind of role for Meryl Streep. She plays an old woman who, of course she's old. Um, <laughs> no, she, <laughs> has, hey, she plays hey, a tragedy. Hey, don't, don't diss who, Meryl who Streep. Who has a tragedy happen in her life. And it was covered by insurance, but the insurance never, like, paid it because... It was like a fake insurance company run by the German guy and the other guy. Interesting. And so she sort of like goes investigating. And then this movie just turns into like almost an anthology of like different stories about like different people like um, like doing weird stuff with money. And it, weird I think it was stuff all with money. <laughs> like what? Like, like there was one guy like, who was like bribing his daughter to like not talk about it. Um, so bribery? Like him cheating on her mother, but then Oop. he was bribing her with a fake company that was supposedly worth twenty million, but then for some reason it was worth only thirty seven dollars. That was Gary Oldman's doing. I'm, it's crazy. It's like fraud. It's like fraud, but there's like a lot of stuff going on. It's a complicated movie. I'm not gonna pretend like I understood <laughs> all of it, but. What I can say is, y'all should see this movie because it's just an hour and a half. You're probably gonna learn some stuff. Like I know more about fraud than I did before. Clearly, I should probably watch Tax it again because, like, it was complicated. <laughs> but y'all just watch like Jeffrey. It's got a really good cast too. Jeffrey Wright's in it. Um, that one guy's in it. Um, that one guy. I feel like I'm making this review sound really weird, but it's a weird movie. It's really hard to describe. The final shot of it though is. A really great final shot like I don't want to spoil nothing but it just like brings the whole thing like together and you're like whoa I've never seen a movie do that before and like it's it's a very Steven Soderbergh kind of thing to do he's made movies like Ocean's Eleven and other Ocean's Eleven movies <laughs> <laughs> um, he's made a lot of good movies he made Unsane he does a lot of stuff with iPhones he made High Flying Bird earlier this year high quality film but yeah the laundromat Kind of hard to describe, but I definitely recommend people go see it because you can learn stuff and it's like, it's nice and short, so it's just an energetic watch. Like, yeah, just watch it. It's on Netflix. It's free. I'm going to watch it because I am interested in all kinds of fraud, tax evasion, offshore drug yeah, trafficking. You're an expert on that, that, right? I love, <laughs> I love hearing about that, so I think it'd be really interesting and it's to all watch a, true a movie story. about it. Yeah. I'll check it out. Okay, yeah, so moving on, our next movie is Jojo Rabbit, the Hitler comedy. Woo, Hitler! Um, so... Don't say that. I, <laughs> I was the only one who saw this because, you know, I'm just cool like that. Sorry, you don't have money. 
I saw it for free. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Jojo Rabbit is the story of a little Nazi boy who has <laughs> just a wheel lad, uh, who has an imaginary Nazi. best friend who's Hitler, and he also has like a real best friend who's really funny. Oh yeah, this is all a Taika Waititi movie. Um, he made Hunt for the Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows and the movie Boy and Eagle versus. Shark, I want to say, um, and, and this movie called Thor Ragnarok, I think. Yeah, I don't really know about that. But this movie, he plays Hitler. He is a Polynesian Jew. Um, so he thought it'd be funny if he played Hitler. And I mean, yeah. This movie is really funny. It's really enjoyable. Um, all the performances are great. The child actors are really great. The plot sort of centers around the one little Nazi as he's like growing up in Nazi Germany and like how just like the stuff that's going on around it's during like it's near the end of World War Two so like the Nazis are kind of a mess like shit or stuff's getting crazy <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to edit that out okay you kind of got yourself there so yeah it's near the end of World War Two Nazis aren't doing so great, you know, people weren't really big fans of them. And it's sort of about how, like, this war is affecting this child. And then there's some other stuff. There's a character played by Thomasin McKenzie, who, it's kind of a spoiler to say who she is. Um, you better not spoil. No spoilers. Um, so, yeah. But she was really good in it. Like, she's kind of the co-lead in this. And I thought the her chemistry with the little boy was really good. Um, Scarlett Johansson plays the mom, who, she gives such a good performance in this, like, not as good as Marriage Story, but a really, really good performance. Again, I don't really want to say that much about, like, where her motivations lie or nothing, but if you think about that, it's a spoiler. Um, and then Sam Rockwell kind of stole the show. Um, I've heard some kind of problematic stuff about his character because he plays like a Nazi officer who kind of can't be a Nazi officer for a certain reason. But he, so he's like in charge of like the youth group or the Hitler youth group. Um, and he's just really good. He has a scene towards the end that made me cry. I'm going to lie. I cried. Um, it's, it's just a really good heartwarming movie about Nazis. Is and that brings me to my biggest problem with the movie. It's, like, too funny for a movie about World War II. I mean, isn't it meant to be a Nazi World War II, like, satire? Yes, but I feel like you should also address that millions of people were murdered. So they don't really talk like, about the Holocaust they, or anything like that. There's, like, allusions to it, but it's really funny. Like, it's hilarious. It's almost too funny? Yeah, I feel like it could have used, like, a little more, like, acknowledgement of, like, some of the horrible stuff that was going on at that time. I, th I actually, I can agree. Like, I haven't watched a movie, but I do agree with your point that if you're going to make a movie that's a comedy about something this dark, you still have to acknowledge the fact that this is something and, like, extremely And, like, it's acknowledged, serious. like, there's definitely parts that acknowledge it. I just think they could have gone a little further with that. Mm -hmm. um, it makes, like, saluting Hitler super funny, though. So now, like, whenever I see that in a movie, I'm just going to be laughing. Um... Oh, there's one really, really intense scene that I thought was incredibly well-directed. Overall, the movie's really well-directed and shot and paced. And um, 
Yeah, so it's a really well-made movie. It's definitely a crowd-pleaser. I think it was a little too crowd-pleasing. went down a little too easy. Um, a movie that I could sort of contrast this with is the movie Come and See. Um, I want to say... I think it's a, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Russian. I'm like 90% sure it's Russian. It's a movie about like a child soldier in, um, on the Russian side in World War II and just about like the toll that the war takes on him. And that movie is so beautiful and like it feels so real. I highly, highly recommend that. It's not easy to watch, but it's just so great that I definitely recommend if you want to see sort of like, the other side of the story, watch Come and See. Um, so, yeah, that about does it for my review of Jojo Rabbit. What would you uh, give it out of 10? I think we should wait till the end of our reviews to do ratings. Okay. You can do that, too, if you yeah, want Yeah, we haven't done Watchmen or Laundromat yet, and we still got two okay. more reviews. Two more reviews. So, up next, we got a movie that all of us saw. We all saw it together. Feel good movie of the year, The Lighthouse, hilarious comedy. So, so heartwarming. Oh my god. Oh, wow. Good By the end, I was, I was crying like when. Nah, yeah. <laughs> this movie is, is. We'll start spoiler free. Dark, yeah. So we're, this, we're gonna go into spoilers, but just not yet because. We'll give you a warning. Yeah. So, this movie, the synopsis is these two men are lighthouse workers on an island and. That's ba that's literally it. Like well, they they just it's have in to, like the eighteen hundreds. I think it's it's in eighteen ninety yeah. off of New England off it's of like a Nova New Scotia, England coastline. Think, yeah. So and it's um, I'm forgetting everyone's names right now. Robert Pattinson and yes. Willem Dafoe. Yes. Um and who are both fantastic. They are both amazing in this. They're and horrible. They're just, just stuck on this island together, tending to a lighthouse, and Going it's a shot crazy. in a black and white yep. square frame, which I think really adds a good feel to it because the use of gradients is super important in this film because the use of light is also really well done in the moonlight, and it is a lighthouse. Um, and just the acting was fantastic. Their accents were very thick, so I had a hard time understanding them every now and then, but mm. that's okay. Yeah, I mean, like, before even, like, you know, like, going into, like, the plot, the cinematography in this is... So good. So good. Like, the... Oh, man. The idea to have it be a square aspect ratio in black and white, it adds, like, a really, like... Um, interesting atmosphere to the film so like it, interesting can you um go a little deeper like it like it brings you more into like this like super gritty um like dark 18 late late 1800s film or time period i mean yeah and i also mm -hmm. i i definitely agree with that because it it does add on to that age-old feel but also it makes it feel <laughs> old um, also because it is a lighthouse and they're in such confined spaces all the time, like this literally is shown when, um, you see the two of them hit their heads on the ceiling every oh, now yeah. and then, but also just the shots as they become more intense, you feel it just so much more because it's in, it's shot in a square ratio. So your, your view is been shortened down so much more than usually what you see in a movie, which but is creates, it shortened? It, no, it creates a really, um, constrained and what's the word, um, 
like the claustrophobic feeling Mm -hmm. um when they're getting when there's really intense scenes you feel like there's no way to like look away from it because it fills the entire screen yeah like it's really good for close-ups because you can get like the person's shoulders and head in it and they fill the frame really well i also want to add this movie is funny it's like legitimately funny there There are are fart jokes no i'm talking i'm talking i'm talking there are fart (laughs) jokes there is a scene about when they're talking about someone's cooking hilarious funny um yeah this movie is like disturbing and hilarious. It and scary. <laughs> it does it all. Yeah, like it's it's really good and just wholly unique. In my opinion, I they found it pretty funny. I didn't find it that funny. I found it. So pretty... when he laughed, you found it very dramatic or scary or no? How just... did you find his? How did you interpret his farts? How did you interpret his farts? I'm just trying to get him to elaborate. How did you interpret his farts? But the, it just wasn't, fart jokes are not that funny. But it's funny when it's in a black and white, like, movie. Okay, that's like a in drama. my opinion, none of the, like, funny parts were that funny to me. But it, at the, but it was, like, very disturbing and creepy. Like, to, like, the, you know, the whole, the plot of the film is, to me, is very, it's pretty vague. It's just, like, they're on an island together for four weeks or something. And then, you know, this is what happens to them. But uh, there's certain parts, there's certain certain things that happen in the movie that uh, slowly change um, the relationship between the two of them, and then it, as the movie goes on, it just gets more and more intense, and then just some really creepy and disturbing things happen to the both mm-hmm. of them. No, like in my opinion, Jack thinks it's very funny. Ethan thinks it wasn't funny at all. I think I am pretty much in the middle. Um, while I agree fart jokes are not super funny, they were, they were still like good moments where this movie de-stressed the audience just a little bit. Yeah. Because if you take, for example, if you ever seen Hereditary, that movie is from the go, not funny at all, completely intense and serious Mm -hmm. the entire time. And it just like kind of drains you. This movie was able to kind of draw you in super well. You could you can't help and watch it without getting drawn into it almost completely. And then it just whips you around from emotion to emotion because the humor and the cinematography and the acting is so well done where you can have a really scary part, a super intense part, and then all of a sudden they say something or something happens and you feel yourself relax just a little bit or you feel yourself chuckle a little bit and I think that's something that causes this movie to be just so well done and you just can't help but be drawn into it yeah when I was watching this movie I sort of got the feeling that I've gotten when I watch a bunch of movies that are considered like all-time classics and greats which is that like I felt like it was a lot smarter than me like when I watch like Citizen Kane or something I like there's just, like, this feeling I get. I can't even, like, describe it, but, like... It makes you feel dumb. No, it's just... There's, like, something where I'm like... I mean... Whoa, like, this I is can, a lot, like... And so if I get that feeling, like, every great movie, then this is a great movie by that standard. I mean, you could say that about the script. Like, it's so well-written. It's to very be well-written. Of, like, the language to be of that time period. You know, they speak, like, sailor talk. And, like, it can be kind Why of... Why you spill your beans? <laughs> it can be, like, confusing at times what they're saying, but, like, you can generally... like. Yeah, I want to watch it with captions. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the script was really well done. We already talked about the 
cinematography, but I'll talk about like the use of sound in this movie. The so the use of sound in this film is very, very important. And I recommend if you end up watching this at home, don't turn watch it, it in a theater. Watch it in watch the theater. One, okay, first of all, watch it in a theater because that's by far the best experience. I'm going to Because this movie is so sound driven. But if you're gonna watch it at home, like don't wimp out of it. Turn it up like medium volume, medium high. So just so you fully get, you fully understand because so much of the emotions and intensity that you can feel, I can say, comes from the sound and the use of sound. Um, Especially when they have the lighthouse like horns just just blowing. Yeah, yeah, for example, they have the ending. No, for example, (laughs) they have the lighthouse horn that's blaring and it affects Mm -hmm. the actors as much as it affects you. Like the characters also like show show and share the same emotions that you feel when the sound is doing it. So it's not just the editors messing with the audience. It they're the characters are acting and reacting similarly to how the audience is going to, which I think was really cool. So you can kind of relate to the characters mm. more in that way and it draws you in and makes it feel even more realistic. Yeah, light- lighthouses are very loud. They are so. very loud. I'm so. sure they are. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes sense. But yeah. the use of sound kind of blew me away in this and I want to say that's one of the parts that freaked me out the most. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also there's just like really good use of like visual storytelling in this. Like, there's definitely really good dialogue scenes, but a lot of it is like pretty quiet and it's just like one guy doing his thing. Yeah. And just like you can learn so much by just like watching it and yeah, I think that's something you don't see that much in movies these days. Should yeah. we go into the spoiler? Um spoiler territory? Yes, let's go into spoilers. Okay. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh yeah, like skip like 5 minutes if you're Yeah. listening Whoa. and haven't seen it. But we all recommend you go see it. Just like, go, or just stop. Just stop go watch it. Go like, watch pause it, come this. back. Yeah, come back. Should we do this, like, kind of walk through the story? Or should we just Well, talk? can you even walk through the story? Like, what is the story? I mean, okay. you can give, like, a summary. I mean, the thing about this movie, though, is we don't know what actually happened. Yeah. Or what didn't actually happen. Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> oh my god, that was so dumb. Okay. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, like, that's one of the greatest parts about this movie is that it leaves you questioning literally everything you see. When you see, when you see, um, Robert Pattinson, like, just laying on the beach, dead. The final yeah. shot, yeah. But you Her- think he got electrocuted by the light. But I don't think he did. I think he I was think he de- got electrocuted. I think he, touched he was dehydrated and just tripping. For context, if you, you know, for some reason haven't seen the movie... Um, and you're in, watching the spoil, and you're listening to the spoiler part. Then yeah. go watch it. Go watch what are you it. doing? Um, you know, there's a lot of points in the film where it alludes to the fact that they're they they've just gone crazy, and yeah. time is just like who knows how long it's been. How long have we been on this here rock? Come on, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was a pretty good impersonation. <laughs> like, 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 like Willem's Defoe's character. He constantly is like at points, you know, either messing with Robert Pattinson or, you know, like telling the truth, like, you know, saying like, why'd you do this crazy thing? But then, why'd you spill your beans? <laughs> and then, you know, like the whole Robert Pattinson, he, his character, he just wants to go up into the lighthouse. Cause you know, there's something spooky there. There's a tentacle thing. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some, some sort some of hentai, some weird tentacle. <laughs> something in the light. Yeah. And, um, Willem Dafoe's character will not let him in, but then 
he 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 kills Willem Dafoe, and yeah. then he goes up in and he touches the light, and then he, and then the next shot after that is just him. The movie ends with oh, him dying. Like the he, there's like he starts like laughing, and it just this is where the use of light becomes really prevalent because when Robert Pattinson touches the light. His face is covered in blood. So, because it's a black and white film, his face is completely dark. Yeah. But then, as he touches light, they just amp the light up, make it just the scene brighter and brighter and brighter. Mm. The exposure goes crazy. So then, all you can see is just the main parts of the blood, and then the inside of his mouth with his teeth because he's laughing. And then he falls down the stairs. And then there's a shot of him with one eyeball poked out. Because he's the seagull. By the seagull. Because this movie. Um, for those that haven't watched it, it it is about both William Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, but it mainly follows William Dafoe. Willem. Um, Willem. Willem. <laughs> I mean, not William Dafoe. Sorry, it follows Robert Pattinson. Oh, um, William. I thought you were gonna talk about yeah. But. N- no, it it follows him more because he's the young sailor. He's the new guy here, and you honestly don't know if William Dafoe's character, like Ethan said, is messing with him or not. If he's been just as crazy as Robert Pattinson gets later on. or if Half he's the time, man. they're very drunk. Yeah, and then they just get completely wasted because the water gets ruined. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, especially in the mm-hmm. scenes where they are, like, super drunk, where they go from, like, singing and dancing together to, like, you know, throwing hands with one another. Like, <laughs> those, like... And when they almost kiss. Oh. Yeah, they almost kiss, and then it's just, like... These scenes, when you talk about it, like them dancing and almost kissing and fighting and arguing about cooking, it sounds humorous, but then when they actually portrayed in the movie, because you just funny. realize how desperate and crazed these men have become, yeah. it's actually kind of terrifying. It's kind of disturbing to It's watch. really disturbing to watch because it sounds like they're about to kill each other because he doesn't like his cooking. And that sounds humorous, but when you watch how they act it, plus the claustrophobic feel of the camera, because they zoom in so close on their faces, it can easily switch from funny to terrifying like that. That's true, but I found it mostly funny. Also, can we talk about the scene when Robert Pattinson kills the bird? Because I thought it went on for (laughs) so long that it got funny, and it was yeah, that was actually kind of funny. There's just oh my god! In the movie, there's a we don't need to explain everything. These people have seen it, or like there's a seagull, seagull that's just annoying him. At one point, he just grabs it and he kills a seagull. You're, you know, Willem Dafoe is like, don't kill the seagulls, and then he you know grabs a seagull and then he just starts beating it to get Mm -hmm. to death. Even if they have seen it, it's it was, a name for you yeah, in the movie. It was hard to watch. It's just, it was, it was kind of hard to watch. I have no, to say, I swear it was funny. I'm pescatarian, Ethan's vegetarian. I'm a meat eater. <laughs> so, like... I don't think that has anything to do with me not liking it. It was just kind of gross. Um, it was kind of gross, but also, like, you know, we got to save the animals. Yeah, I mean, so like, how's the vegetarianism going? Why are we talking about this <laughs> on the podcast? Okay, but, so can we talk about our interpretations of, like what the film means and like what you think actually happened just like everyone oh go around oh god um that's ethan. so much i have so many different like theories i want to hear your best one but first ethan my best theory your yes what do you think happened um to me i think just just about like it's i think that i would like to believe that everything we see like everything they showed us happen, right? Except like, I think it took place over like a small amount of time, like a week or so. Hmm. Right? 
like they didn't last very so long. So you think the mermaid was real? I don't think the mer- I don't no, think the mermaid, the mermaid was, was real. No, I don't think the, mermaid the gaping. Was real. Oh my god! I saw. I was like, oh, that's nasty. Yeah. Um, my theory is that this movie is really just simple. Like everyone knows Lord of the Flies. It's, yes. It's it, it's got the same feel of Lord of the Flies of just like what happens to the human psyche when it's placed in such stressful situations and like there's such a strong tone of nature in this film because they're always talking about the water because they're sailors and sailors have just such a deep respect for the water and they treat her as just like another body like Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. like um you have to treat her with respect don't kill the seagull you know all these stereotypes and robert pattison um disrespects nature disrespects mm-hmm. the ocean by killing a seagull and this is what happened because yeah. he, he messed with nature nature the ocean got back at him by driving him crazy because as the storms get more intense he starts to really go crazy and it all starts after he kills the seagull yeah. and then eventually it's the seagulls that eat him so it all comes it's full circle very poetic yeah. yeah i don't know it's to me, it's just all about loneliness and isolation. Well, mm-hmm. Of course, that's what it is for you. For me, um, I think I took this film. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I took this film like relatively literally. Like I think so. It's based off of like real like diary entries by lighthouse keepers who kind of went crazy, and I think basically their water source got contaminated and so they were like only drinking alcohol and they started like tripping from dehydration like murdering seagulls like imagining like big tentacle thingies mermaids and like obviously a lot of that's like their toxic masculinity and like their lust for like women after like a few days of just being alone on this island with each other and i think that explains a lot of it and then the like parallel between the seagull that he kills with like the one eye and then him at the end with the one eye and the seagulls eating him it's sort of like it's all come full circle and like it's sort of about like how everything's like inevitable and like if you kill a seagull like seagulls are gonna kill you mm-hmm. no i agree i but i do agree with like the um the water source and mm-hmm. then like but i don't think that's the main i don't think substance abuse is the main theme of this i, I think, think it aids in it there's like stuff that's caused by yeah. i think that it's really just like what happens to the human mind when they're alone and but i think everyone's and just toxic going masculine. Toxic it's masculine like is the, a man, whole it's the man's mind specifically like it's yeah. two yeah. men and they're told to keep everything contained within their heads because they keep on like they don't think that men should cry and such and that just causes them to internalize everything even more and it just goes in the cycle and it gets worse and worse and worse and then they kill each other. Okay, great. And isolation. I think we gotta move on, but right. now let's give our reviews for all the movie or our scores for all the movies and TV pilots okay. we watched um, this week before we kick out Anna for a sec. To, Watchmen, go. Watchmen, I would give it an, on the spot, maybe like an 7.5 out of 10. Okay. 7.5 well, seven, pizza rolls out of... 7.5... Out of ten. <laughs> okay. okay. For the laundromat, I feel like this movie's really hard to score because it's just not. It's like I haven't really seen a movie like it. It's kind of like um, another film written by Scott Z. Burns, The Informant. Um, and like overall, it's really well made. Just was a little confusing. Like 
not really sure like what the whole point of it was. I'd give it like a 7.1256 out of 10. Sounds good. Um, Very specific. 1.25. Yeah. Um, for Jojo Rabbit, again, really well made. Just a little too funny for me for a movie about Nazis. Um, I'd give that like a 7.682? No, 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 I'll just do 7.69. Cause like, <laughs> Very funny. All right. What about the lighthouse? Lighthouse. Anna, you go first. 9.5 seagulls out of 10. Okay. Um, doggy? I would probably agree 9.5 out of 10 seagulls. <laughs> I'm gonna go nine. I'm just going nine. Just nine? Yeah, just, just nine, nine. nine but out of ten? Seagulls out of ten or mermaid tokens out of ten. Um or spilled beans out yeah, of not, ten. Yeah, nine nine <laughs> beans out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> beans out of ten. <laughs> Very cool. Alright. Um so now and Anna will be leaving us because we are talking spoilers for El Camino. Bruh. I'm taking the food. We're cutting this out. You're making so much noise. Um, so yeah. Sorry about your ears there. El Camino came out Wait. last week, and it picks off right after the shocking events at the end of Breaking Bad. Um, personally. Why are your earbuds so tangled? You know. The <laughs> Okay, let's starting now. Okay. <laughs> pause, pause, pause. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, came out on Netflix like October a, two, 11th. A week ago? Is it a full week ago now or is it two full weeks ago? Two now? full weeks ago, October it, 11th. It has been a bit, but I wanted to review it with Ethan because he is a big Breaking Bad fan. I love Breaking Bad. You do too. Yes. <laughs> um, I feel like you're gonna like say no I hate it or something like that yeah no I like Breaking Bad um so this movie picks up right where Breaking Bad left off okay <laughs> um after Walter White died <laughs> okay yeah, Anna's in the background making sure she can't hear it so uh-huh. you know after- so, yeah Jesse Pinkman drives off from like his Nazi place in the El Camino car and, um, and you know, Walter's dead, and then yeah, Walter, what's, Walter's what's, dead. What's this gonna happen? Read my lips. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, and so this movie just takes him on a journey. He's like trying to get out of town. He's like, just he's just we, trying we to we escape. Get to this see house. some flashbacks with Breaking Bad characters. Um, it's um, fun. It's fine. It's, I would. Do you want to just jump into? Sp- Spoilers. Yeah, we're going straight into spoilers with this. Like, okay, yeah. You guys have seen it by now if you wanted to. Otherwise, you do not care. I mean, we kind of started off by spoiling the end of Breaking Bad, but that that, that ended Oop six years week. ago. Oop so. week. Um, yeah, so personally, I feel like this movie was fine. It was. It kind of reminded me of like The Force Awakens, um, just in that it was like rehashing a lot of it and like not really like doing anything mm-hmm. new with like the Breaking Bad formula. Just like Force Awakens didn't really do anything new with the Star Wars formula. But it was totally enjoyable and good. Um, to me personally, 
I didn't like, I didn't feel like it was like, you know, a lot of like people online are like, it is the, you know, ending to Breaking Bad. Personally, I think the final episode of Breaking Bad is the end. This feels more like, kind of like an epilogue, right? Yeah, yeah, I, um, I totally get that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking, Jack. Um, yeah, so Aaron Paul plays Jesse Pinkman. I'm sorry, Jack's messing with me when I'm trying to talk. Um, it's a very good epilogue. I don't know. It's a it's, fine epilogue. Like the cinematography is really good. It's I, fine it's, cinematography compared to the Lighthouse. It, mm. The movie showing his PTSD after him. What was it like? A year he was down there. Like I don't know. I haven't watched Breaking Bad in a bit. It was a long time he was trapped by the Nazis, being forced to cook meth, and it really like shows you know like the effects of that, and you know with a lot of interesting flashbacks. I mean, I guess they had the troubles that everyone's way older than they were when they filmed. But you couldn't really know. I mean, me personally, like having not watched Breaking Bad in like a year or so, like I didn't really notice anything. To me, I, it was I I finished. Oh, I did Bad. notice his bald cap. That was kind of sad. yeah. They yeah. they have like. Um, flashbacks when he's with uh, Todd and Todd is noticeably older he's gained a lot of weight um but they don't they don't make an effort to like use like CGI or anything to make them younger which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty good because that's like not really what Breaking Bad does um, yeah if I'm being honest I found this movie very unremarkable like I'm struggling to remember a lot of what happened now however Robert Forrester rest in peace oh yeah was I thought his part in this movie was, like, when it got really interesting for me. Like, the plot actually started going somewhere instead yeah. of just, like, him, like, wandering around. Like yeah, because he's just trying, to, like he's just trying to, to get money so he can, you know, go to, the, go to the vacuum store and, you know, get a trip out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's, it's, there's honestly, like, not, it's, it's not too memorable. It's a, if you have watched Breaking Bad and you really liked it, it's worth watching, I feel. Like, the flashbacks in it, like, there are two specifically that are, like, not Which a... Which two? Just say it. Um, it, the one with, um, uh, Walter White, obviously. Yeah. And then, uh, with his, uh, girlfriend. Wow, what's her name in the movie? Kristen Ritter. Kristen <laughs> Ritter. That's the actress. Kristen Ritter's character, too. She died, right? Yeah, because yeah. she died of a heroin overdose. She died of, like, barfing in her mouth. Let's well, be real. Well, yeah. She threw up because she was, you know... <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, those, both of those flashbacks were like, I don't know, they really bring you back. There's a lot of nostalgia in the movie. If yeah. You, if you watch the movie without seeing Breaking Bad, I don't really, first I off, mean, what are you doing? I feel like it would be fine. Like, it would be fine. I, I feel like, I don't know, there's like, kind of like a missed part. Missed part. You're missing out on a lot of the flashbacks. Yeah, like you probably wouldn't get it all, but it sets up like an interesting character. And Aaron Paul is really good. I think that's the strongest point of the whole thing. Honestly, he's really phenomenal in this. Like he, yeah. he gives it his all. Um, oh no, I don't think there's that much to say about. There's it. There's not much to say. Like by the end of it, like it's a, it. I was I was a little like not like I was a little like annoyed at the ending just because it brought me back into Breaking Bad. Yeah, and it did so, make me remember how much I liked Breaking Bad. Yeah, give me credit for that. Yeah, and so like I was kind of like sad that it was over just because I wanted more, but I was happy with what it was. Yeah, it's. Totally good. It's not going to ruin Breaking Bad for you. It like, won't ruin Breaking Bad. It's just a nice epilogue. Yeah, and like if you want to see those characters again, just watch it. But go like, for it. It's not going to change your life like some other films. 
such yeah. as Parasite and The Lighthouse and Marriage Story. Shut up, Jack. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that about well, does it well, for El want, Camino. Do you want to give it a... I'll give it, yeah, like a 6.01 out of 10. 6.01 out of 10. Um, It does have the factor that it is in the Breaking Bad universe, which I really enjoy. And I would give probably maybe like an 8.5. Sounds cool. 8.5, that's really high. Okay, well, you do you. Um, But yeah, I think that about does it. For our Breaking Bad spoilers. So now we can welcome back to the show, Anna Toledo! That was actually really scary because my video that I was blasting in my ears stopped and started buffering. And I was like, oh no, but it was right as you said. So what would you rate this? (laughs) I've never been more scared for my life. That sounds terrifying. So yeah, how far are you into Breaking Bad? I binge-watched, like, a season and a half that got bored. Because it's a really slow part, but, like, I'm going to get but, back yeah. into it. You better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but first Whoa, you should watch... You, you watch The Boys. Yeah, you watch Breaking The Boys, Bad. and both you watch Fleabag. Are you guys comparing The Boys to Breaking Bad? The Boys is better than Breaking Bad, and you can't prove me wrong because you haven't seen The Boys. This, oh, the sun is, like, around my face. I got you, I got you. Uh, thanks. Okay, so now we are shifting on to our main topic for this episode. As we are almost an hour into the show, this is a mega episode. Okay, so our main topic is Johnny Wick Chapter 2. It is Woo! now streaming. <laughs> it, is now, it is now streaming on Amazon Prime Video for free with the Prime membership. It's 99 cents if you don't. Like, that's nothing. Y'all should go buy it. Go it's support it. us. It's, Leave it's a only, review. It's better than John Wick 2. This one's only five minutes long. Exactly. It's better than the Kanye movie. Y'all spending like 20 bucks on that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Johnny Wick Chapter 2. Um picks up pretty much right after the end of the first one. It's like a week after, I think, in the official timeline. Official timeline. Um, Changes his hair, you know. Yeah, they both got haircuts and, like, dyed hair, whatever. Um, But, yeah, so we weren't planning on making a Johnny Wick Chapter 2 when, actually, y'all, I didn't even know you guys when I made the first Johnny Wick. I didn't, uh, yeah, we didn't know Jack. Yeah, I made it as, like, a 30-second bumper for a Fantastic Fest thing, and it was, I'm pretty sure, shown there. I wasn't able to attend for multiple reasons. But, yeah, and then I put it on Amazon Prime, and it got, like, 50,000-plus views, so we are like, hey, we should make a sequel. Yeah. And... They're fun to shoot. It's just the... Yeah, like... The first Reason. one was super easy to shoot. This one, we're like, we can do so much more now. We like, were at the beach. And we got some better actors. Got some sun. <laughs> we had a bigger cast. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, if you props. don't count the extras, yeah. We had tons of props, had a cooler setting. So yeah, Johnny Wick Chapter 2, I was the writer, director, and then I played the stuntman, or I played the henchman number two, the one with the baseball bat, who got the chair to the head. Um... <laughs> Ethan, what'd you do? Uh, I was also a director in the film and uh, the cinematographer. I shot the entire thing. I planned the shots. Besides uh, (laughs) a a few drone shots by Cooper. Yes. Cooper Takaki. And then Anna, what did you do? Um, 
I was there for moral support, but also I, um, <laughs> I, I was an extra. I was another. You were more than an extra. You were henchman number one. Henchman. You had a speaking role. I had a. Or wait, did you? you were I like, had a grunting role. And I did like grunting. <laughs> um, and I was also. I designed the poster. Yeah. The so, official like, art. The official art. We're going to get to that poster in a bit, but I think we can just go through the process. So I think. I came up with like the pitch for it over like during like June or something, maybe July. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to film it over the summer because it's like Johnny Wick at the beach. Like, yeah. Like, that's a great pitch. It's kind of funny. And <laughs> um, yeah, like, it seemed appealing. Fun. Easy to do. Like, the. The idea that this started with was Johnny Wick killing someone with a pool noodle. Like, yeah. I was like, that's like the softest, like most gentle thing ever. Like, how can you kill someone with that? It, we, we pretty much did it. We, like, we, we, we did it. it. We figured it out. Um, yeah. So built around that and I was like, what if he just killed people with like everything you could have at a beach? In the first draft of the script, he was killing people with sunscreen, I think. Oh my, I, yeah, I do remember you telling me about that. I don't really like, remember how that worked, but... I remember... Choke him, would you just pour sunscreen? I think he was like squirting sunscreen. <laughs> um, you gotta yeah. get the spray sunscreen yeah, spraying in their eyes. Originally, there was a lot more beach tools. I don't know if that's a good way to put it in yeah. the script. Yeah, no, that is a good way to put it. Um, so... We wrote out, or I wrote out a script, um, and then... We worked on a shot list together. Well, before that, there were many times we wanted to film it, oh, but yeah. there were scheduling conflicts. I'm, and Ethan, why did you want to delay the shoot so that you could be on it? Well, I had stuff to do. No, but... I was busy. Why? Because why? you didn't want to be on the Prickolos' dick. Or, well, I didn't really tell you about that one, so never mind. Um, <laughs> what about Johnny Wick Chapter 2 made you want to be the cinematographer for it? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to be the cinematographer. What, what are you trying to get at, Jack? I don't know. I'm just asking you for your perspective here because I feel like I've done a lot of talking. My perspective? I saw the first Johnny Wick. Big and I, fan. <laughs> I, I, thought it was, I thought it was, I mean, it was, it's cheesy, obviously, mm-hmm. but it was like pretty funny. You saw the commercial potential? had very good poten- commercial potential. Yeah, um, big money. <laughs> and it was made, getting a lot of views. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool to work on like the sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get some good recognition as no, a cinematographer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah. So like I talked to you about working on it. And then over the summer, we like tried to find a time where we could get, mm-hmm. you know, everyone together. And we... It was like the last weekend of summer. I'm pretty yeah, sure. it was like right before yeah. school started. So, yeah, and so yeah, then it we came had to one day of shooting because yeah. only one. We day shot in one day because we're that good. When it came to casting it, obviously, Sean had to return. Yeah, originally we toyed around with Anna doing it because Sean did that thing with his hair. But we decided that would just be too <laughs> confusing. We didn't want Asian, bro. <laughs> we didn't want it to seem like a knockoff of what was already a knockoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even get the main actor back. No, oh so yeah. We decided to go with Sean. Um, yeah, and then Emmett's character was pretty much always meant to return. I thought that'd be cool because it's like, yeah. then it turns into kind a little of a, bit of a Kind of an ongoing you're villain. You're tying the stories yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Overarching mm-hmm. villain. And then we had to cast two stunt people for it. Um, obviously, Anna, with her background in karate, was an easy choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then 
You were available. And no, no, no. <laughs> I cast myself. Just, Jack is just that dedicated. I was not going to have anybody else get drowned on camera because <laughs> I do not want to be liable for someone else drowning themselves. I know. I When we were talking was, about this, I told Jack, I don't mind getting knocked around. Like, I, uh-huh. I don't mind getting thrown or whatever. I don't, I don't really care. I have a high pain tolerance because of karate. Yeah. Um, I've been punched in the face a lot, especially <laughs> with the um, rings on, so it's like cutting my face, but I don't, like, yeah, I, I don't really care at this point. Yeah, yeah, Jack, yeah. So Jack was, was the one that got beat up the most. Yeah, no, yeah, I, was, I was complaining a lot on set. I know, you could have just had me do it, but I don't mind getting drowned. But it kind of didn't fun. really work with the script we had yeah. previously set up, so. Yeah. Um, Next time. So when we were on set, do you guys remember any problems we had? I remember one major edit we made to the script, but besides that, I can't really think. I um, think it there went, any other problems? I think it generally went pretty smoothly. Like the only issue was that there were people walking around and there dogs. There were a lot of background um, people. Dogs, very friendly dogs, very cute dogs. There's a shadow of a dog and like the shot of me <laughs> being dragged across um, the sand. Yeah. Kind of perfect. Yeah. Because Johnny Wick likes dogs. Yeah. It's just an Easter egg. It's an Easter, <laughs> Easter egg. egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember uh, we. I brought my sound equipment to. Oh yeah, the sound. It died. It did die, but like the like it was so noisy otherwise that it didn't really make a difference. Yeah. So somebody at this table had to do all the sound design himself. I wonder who that could be. Wow. Uh, I wonder but, if it's the person with the sound designer father. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but the that thing, makes too much the sense. The thing that really pulled through was when uh, Cooper Takaki oh, yeah. showed up. He showed up about halfway through the shoot, but mm-hmm. he has a drone, so that's how we were able to get the really good aerial yeah. shot. And, like, some of the some of the camera, like, it just looks really crisp and smooth and, you know. It, I mean, he didn't have his memory card, so we no, can do 4K footage. can't do much, but... Still, like, it was nice seeing you guys work with that extra yeah. extra tool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also it's worth noting that we did shoot this all on Ethan's iPhone because yeah. I didn't want to bring my camera to the beach. You didn't want to get sand in yeah, it. Yeah, that's not the move. Yeah, we're going for the vibe of uh, Tangerine. Yeah, you know? but I feel like this looks way better than Tangerine. It's Honestly, like... it looks pretty good. <laughs> I mean, there's other aspects that definitely aren't as good as Tangerine, <laughs> no. but the colors in this are really vivid. Um, Saturation was a... Ooh, very nice. <laughs> um, then the biggest change I think we made to the script on the day of filming was the chair. Oh, yes. I do remember. Because me and Sean were messing around. We realized the chair could pull apart. Cause yeah. I was... Because these... Because uh, Jack and Ethan were bickering about camera shots a lot. So uh-huh. me and uh, Sean were just kind of hanging around waiting to do stuff. So... It was kind of fun, but then we realized, wait, the chair pulls apart. That'd be mm-hmm. fun to, like, either break it on someone, have it split, or stab Jack. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't really remember what it was in the original script. I think it was just, like, hitting me with I, the chair. Like, I was already hit with the chair, right? You were yeah. In the script, yeah. you were just going to get hit by the chair. Yeah. But then we added it that um, you would get hit, and then Get Sean- back up. No, because then Sean oh, like yeah. slams oh, yeah. it then to he the ground, it, and then I get back up, and then you get back up, and then he throws it at you. Yeah. Very versatile chair. I think it should make a comeback. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Emmett for that chair because I forgot my chair. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Emmett. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was kind of tricky coming up with like a shot that was gonna involve CGI on the spot because those usually take planning. But this time we were just like, nah, we can. 
we can do it. Like, we can do it. Oh, and wow. it, I feel like it worked. Like, it looked really nice. As far as visual effects and screenager productions go, like yeah. I'd say this is one quality. of the stronger we're, ones. We're a low budget, you know, locally sourced. Mm -hmm. Low budget. Also, shout out to Zia Wiseman for get, letting us use uh, Sword for this. Oh show. yeah, the oh, Sword's yeah. great. I actually still have it. Also, <laughs> shout out to my grandparents for the pool noodle. Very much appreciated. Awesome. Yeah, no, this is the fun part about being uh, in screen nature productions. I've learned is that. Very, very locally sourced, as in texting your friends for random objects that they might have in the back of their closets, such as a sword. Um, oh god, Jack has the sword. <laughs> Jack has the Jack sword. Jack has the sword. So, that kind of adds to the charm of it when you listen to this podcast, you kind of hear where everything came from. <laughs> Jack's, Jack's knighting me right yeah. now. Yeah. I think, Jack, okay. I think Jack's ego gets boosted with the sword. Yeah, I'm just gonna record all the podcasts with this sword. Just, I still haven't given it back. I feel kind of bad, but like I'm borrowing I'm her. It. I'm by, I'm borrowing her heels. I'll bring it to school and just give it to her. Then you can't bring it to school. It's a sword. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I'll say it's a prop from a decorator. It class. is dull. It so. is very dull, but still. Yeah. Um. He's now petting his cat. With do you want to talk about the poster you made? Oh yeah. So I actually have an art account that I'm trying to you know, gain more traction on. It's called Aardvark Studios. Um, and you guys should check it out. It's on Instagram, Facebook, and as this is coming out, Twitter. Uh, you guys should all Ooh. follow it. Hopefully I can start doing some more local projects, such what's, as murals and what's such. What's the name of the... Aardvark Studios. Aardvark Studios. Yeah. Um, right here. And Jack was kind enough to ask me about making a poster for this film. Yeah, I was kind enough to ask her to make a poster for free. I was very kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's the only reference pictures, I asked Jack to send me reference pictures of Sean. And he gave me two reference pictures that anatomically did not look anything like the poster he wanted. But, you know, I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you did, you did. And hopefully I can... You know, high level saturation yeah, in no. that just as much as the mm -hmm. uh, the movie. super vibrant colors mm -hmm. in the background. The you know purple with the skulls and uh -huh. the design in the background is phenomenal. Thank Very you. Yeah, nice. I was just up to like four in the morning one night, and I just like kind of freehanded the background. And but no, it was it was a lot of fun to work with um, Screen Ninja Productions, and I hope I can continue doing it. Oh, for sure. And. Maybe I can start doing instead of just paintings. I can also get pictures and Photoshop that in, and mm -hmm. oh. you know, do like realistic posters. I think mm -hmm. that'd be a lot of fun. But no, it was a lot of fun to make. Uh, the main reference was actually the John Wick Two poster. Yes. Um, Little, small film, John Wick Two. Small film. You, guys you know, might have heard of you it, guys yeah. might have heard of it. It was in some indie film festivals. <laughs> but the main thing I wanted to capture in it was just the vibrant tones and seeing some of the pictures that Jack showed me from the movie this movie was also extremely vibrant the saturation is very mm -hmm. high and I just wanted to make the poster show that vibrance yeah. and of course the pool noodle is in the poster mm -hmm. um, gotta have the pool noodle oh yeah of course the very important noodle. part yeah so that was a lot of fun to make and yeah check out Aardvark Studios. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, Anything more to say? Any Emissions. final thoughts on 
the <laughs> making of Johnny Wick chapter two. It was it was fun shitting in the water when we got to drown you. Yeah, yeah, that was really fun. There watching was sand that. in all my clothes for at least a week after that. Not all my clothes, just the clothes Dude, I was a wearing. A dog <laughs> ate like half of one of our bagels. That was my bagel. Yeah, that was your bagel. That's yeah. kind of sad. Aw, I cried. <laughs> all right, well, check out Johnny Wick. Yeah, too. we did pretty much all the stunts for real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got knocked around for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, well, there's, me and you did. Yeah. He did. There, there is love put into that film. There's a lot of sweat and planning and and sand. Even though it's a short, very short film and low budget, there's still a it's lot of action pack. There's a lot of care and love put into it, and we would appreciate it if you checked it out. Mm-hmm. Also, check out. Artwork Johnny Stu- Wick won. <laughs> Artwork Studios, you know, I'm just trying to gain Jack. that traction. Um, commissions are going to be open soon, so you can just DM me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I don't think, or I message on Facebook um, if you want anything yeah. done. Super low prices. Check her out. Jack, I have a question for you. Oh, no. Any, any thoughts about maybe another seat? A Johnny Wick 3? Johnny Wick 3? Well... The so ending definitely sets up Johnny Wick 3, and we are in very early stages of planning on that. However, we do want to wait a little to see how Johnny Wick 2 does. So if you guys want Johnny Wick 3, you should watch Johnny Wick 2. Be sure to review it, rate and maybe review. Maybe buy it, you know, send some money our way so <laughs> we can maybe spend more money on stunt work and Bigger stuff. budget. Get Bigger some budget. fake blood. Yeah. yeah. Maybe get some catch-up for it for that fake blood. Yeah, but we definitely have... We have an idea for where it could go, and I think it's pretty promising. I, I think it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so make sure you guys stay tuned. Um, before we wrap up this show, we did promise you guys a spooky edition of Now Streaming. So, what movies that are currently streaming do you guys think are spooky? Well, first off, most obvious choice on Amazon Prime is Hereditary. Oh, Why is that the most obvious? It's so good. Because it's it's one of the best, most recent horror films. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Um, the cast is phenomenal. Amazing story, and it's super creepy. Um, yeah, check it out. Uh, Anna? Um, I completely agree. Conjuring is... I mean, Hereditary is amazing, but another classic is <laughs> Conjuring. Um, super well-done film. Uh, first ever horror movie that actually genuinely creeped me out. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Storyline's amazing. Um, fantastic movie. And of course, a lot of the classic slashers definitely recommend having some friends over. Oh, yes. You know, watching just uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Fantastic movies and just in Halloween, of course, my favorite. Um, all of those are just definitely worth the time to watch. Mm-hmm. Jack? Yeah, so because I don't like playing by the rules, I picked two movies that are not currently streaming for free, as far as I know. The first of which is Midsommar, one of my favorite movies of this year. Um, well, some would call it a comedy, and I would agree with them. It is also a horror movie, and while it is disturbing and terrifying, it's also just so funny, and it just has it all, and it leaves you feeling happy, like one of those like happy slasher movies. Like It has fun, and yeah, I really like that movie. What do you think, Ethan? 
It's not my favorite. Not his um, favorite. So, did, do you have any other? If you like movies starring strong, independent women learning how to deal with life without their boyfriend, check out Midsommar. Another movie starring a woman that I really think is a great horror movie. Also, used to be streaming on Netflix, so I'm going to count it, is Raw. I love this oh, movie. Oh, but it's not streaming it, on Netflix anymore? No, yeah, they took it off. It's so sad. Uh. Exactly. It's... It's such a good movie though. It's a French cannibal movie. If you like weird French movies, it's so colorful. The score is so good. It's on my playlist. It's pretty gross. Also, it's gross. Obviously, it's a cannibal movie. Way to stick the obvious. Also, another good horror movie. No, I'm still going about Raw. I thought you about were independent woman is Ten Cloverfield Lane. She is dependent with on John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winston, and, John Gallagher, and Jr. John Goodman. And John Gallagher Jr. Exactly. Very good movie. Very good thriller. Not essentially the most terrifying movie like Hereditary, but still a or very, Raw. very good watch. Definitely recommend. John Goodman is amazing in it. Low key terrifying. Fantastic thriller. Okay, but yeah, now back to Raw. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the ending of it is so good. Like, the cinematography. Oh. The cinematography. <laughs> so good, and the performances. You okay there, Chuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, y'all should go check out Raw and Midsommar and whatever they said. Um, <laughs> I think that about does it for this supersized episode of the Screenager Podcast. It's a thick episode, but it's worth it. Yes, if you stayed till the end, thank you. Comment. Uh, Made it. Midsomar is great. <laughs> Comment hereditary is great. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out Johnny Wick Two now streaming. Chapter Two. Johnny Wick Chapter Two. Now streaming on Amazon Prime. And go check out Aardvark Studios. They do great work over there. It's pretty epic. And go check out The Prick Lost Dick because all the money from that goes to charity, which is pretty cool. Very cool. Um, do that. Go yeah, and, do and that. if you're looking for a spooky movie this Halloween, maybe The Cannibal Killer has what you need. Mm -hmm. That one is streaming on Amazon Prime. And I can say it is very spooky. Also, The Ice Cold Killer. Mm -hmm. Also another spooky, spooky classic. <laughs> All right, well, Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining it. us this week. Anytime. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, maybe maybe new co-host. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> Might be worth it. Might have to take your spot, Ethan. Yeah, Are you just going to do me that like that? Okay, well, this has been it for the Screen Ranger podcast. I know we said we were going to have Sean on this week. But hopefully we're gonna have him on next week. <laughs> He's got a very busy schedule. Was that the replacement for Sean? <laughs> no. <laughs> but Possibly. We've just been teasing an interview with Sean, and we haven't done it because we're lazy. But next week I'm gonna try to get him on to talk about a very important thing that came out today that I'm waiting to watch with him, which is BoJack Horseman season six, part one. Very exciting. Cannot nice. wait. We're gonna talk all about that next week. We're also gonna talk about Zombieland two, even though that came out last week. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Probably some spooky sm spooky. spooky stuff. Spooky movies for Yeah, Halloween. always spooky happenings on the Screenager podcast. Um, I've been Jack McDermott. Ethan gomez -Onley. And the Toledo. And we're going to see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi. There was days I was down, now I'm up, and I'm flexing. Snakes and bees on my feet, I be dressing. Got some people hitting, but I ain't really stressing. If you run up on me, hit you with the Smith & Wesson.